available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And because I have talked in a different modulation today, Ryan actually just adjusted my audio levels while I was talking. Actually, uh, I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the Podcast of Champions. Actually was muting the computer Dave's using because he likes to pull up I don't know what kind of videos he's pulling up, but I don't want it to, to play on the podcast. So I wasn't changing Look, your volume. Do I have avant-garde porn interests? Yes. <laughs> but is that something to judge me with on this show? No. God, no. You can watch whatever you want. I just don't want it bleeding into the show itself. So I have to mute the computer that you're on. That's all I was doing. It's really weird of me to watch porn while we're sitting here in the same room. But I guess I just, you know, I can't That's help what it. our relationship It's an addiction. Like. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> That's our relationship, folks. Uh, all right. Well, we have a big show for you today. Actually, a bunch of news and notes. Not as many games to recap. Five games to recap. Four to preview, so we got four teams on buys this week. But if you want to send us an email, you want to send us a voicemail, you want to send us a text, all that stuff, our email address is pac12podcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd rather call or text us, it's 424-532-0678. I think we got a couple of texts. We definitely have a voicemail. And if you want to tweet at us, it's at pac12podcast. The website is pac12podcast.com. You can go over to Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. But the main thing, what we love, and this has been our giveaway for the last couple of months, you want to get some some underwear, $100 gift card to uh, to Jockey, you can do that. Just leave us a five-star review, and the best one each week, we're going to send you a 100 bucks to go buy all the apparel from Jockey you want. It's cool, Dave. You're watching Pac-12 Network, which seems like most of the games that we're watching are on Pac-12 Network now. A little jockey logo down the bottom of the screen. It's kind of cool to see. It's like, great. Hey, they, they work with us. Yeah, they're they're part of our team. We're part of their team, and together we uh, support this terrible league. Um, <laughs> it's a bad league. <laughs> um, all right, so we've got five new reviews. Uh, first one from the Tiger One Two Three Four. This is a five star review. It is definitely a podcast. Um, I actually know Dave Woods from college. We reconnected while we were groomsmen of our mutual friend a few weekends ago. When Dave told me he hosted a podcast, I thought that makes sense. He always had a face made for radio. But um, there you go. I feel like there's a couple old oh, jokes in this yeah, there, one. There's like, some roast, it's a podcast. There's but... some roast jokes in here. Dave was one of the smartest people I met in college. As an adult, I realized that just meant I hung out with a bunch of idiots back then. <laughs> Can I get a rim shot? There we go. Uh, there should be another joke here, but in honor of the ambition, or rather total lack thereof, of the hosts, I'll just let this last point peter out. All kidding aside, this podcast is good. The hosts don't sugarcoat. Some pods are terrified of saying anything negative about players and teams because they may lose, quote, access. Dave and Ryan don't seem too worried about losing, quote, access. These guys go hard at all of the Pac-12 teams. They're smart, irreverent, and have fun takes. Is there a lot of esoteria and navel-gazing? Absolutely. Is it too long? Probably. But if you're looking for Pac-12 football talk from semi-normal guys, this is the pod for you. Thank you, either Mark or Derek. 
Uh, One of your friends there. Nice. Yeah. This is from uh, Brew Clinton, a five-star review. I listened to two episodes. They were herocious. <laughs> Hold on. They were herocious. There you go. Well, that's a contender. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is from Gil Mober. Five stars. Five stars in our hearts, one star for game picks. This review has line breaks. Gift card? This podcast strives for what the Pac-12 really desires when compared to other sports shows. Parody. Nice. Love we, it. Our picks are parody. I do like the uh, line breaks in there. That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, this is from Not Larry Scott. Five-star review. The perfect podcast for the Pac-12. Don't be tricked by the use of the word, quote, perfect. This podcast is full of mediocrity. Ryan does a decent job of trying to talk about football, but David is a juggernaut of obscure references and will take the show wherever he wants. I wish I could give some great analogies about how both the podcast and conference of champions are equally awful, but to, to be honest, it's all white noise to me, and I retain absolutely nothing from either. I've watched the Pac-12 for years, and will keep turning it on each weekend, and will do the same for this pod. Maybe I don't have enough self-respect to move on and see what else is out there. Maybe someday the Pac-12 will stop beating itself up. Maybe we can have a team that can actually compete for a championship. Or maybe this podcast will actually have good sports talk. I'm not sure about any of those, but to be honest, I've come to enjoy watching bad football, so let's have David crank up his pessimism as we keep watching this train wreck of a conference keep going. Nice. nice. Love it. I like that. And the last one from Bree1027. They give away underwear for five-star reviews. I have never listened to the podcast of champions. I never intend to listen to the podcast of champions. <laughs> Frankly, I don't like football. My boyfriend says you give away jockey underwear for the best five-star review. I like jockey underwear. He says you read the reviews on the show, which will have zero impact on my life because, as stated above, I will never listen to the show. He said he'd listen to the show and let me know if I won. He also gave me a few notes about the podcast. He wanted me to know that Dave is the laziest podcast host he's ever listened to. The love child of Howard Stern and a panda unwilling to have sex. <laughs> unwilling to have sex for the survival of its species. He said hearing Ryan moan and drone about spring practice reports or whatever ASU assistant got a slap on the wrist is more boring than watching paint dry on a physics lecturer's wall at the heat death of the universe. He said that the only reason he listens to the show is the inevitable train wreck it devolves into on a weekly basis, like watching the 1814 White House set ablaze or listening to a 2019 Joe Biden primary speech. Does any of this matter? No. They give away underwear for five-star reviews. I like underwear. <laughs> That's really good, too. That's a winner. You think so? That's the winner. Yeah. Okay. Bree1027, come on down. Uh, yeah. And or, please do not listen to the show. Yeah. We're actually getting record listeners, which is cool, uh, but not Bree. No, no. Bree uh, is not one of them. But Will, will Bree buy underwear for her boyfriend or for herself? Great little, question. A little both. Great either. question. Great question. Yeah. Um, and the, the Tiger1234 is my buddy, Mark. Oh, not my buddy Derek. I just got a text message confirming such. Nice. There you go. Well, there not you go. a winner, Mark. There you go, Mark. Uh, I'm sorry you felt that he was smart at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rough one for you. Uh, all right, great stuff here. Uh, I want to go over our survival pool real quick. Uh, 24 entered week five. Half are gone. 12 are still alive so um please submit your submission you yeah submit your submissions is that right uh, you know i submit love your it. picks <laughs> love it um, pick your picks submit your submissions yeah pick your submission picks submissions uh go in there so we had uh you can yeah so make sure you just do it if you're one of the 12 that's left please don't send them in because it just takes matthew more time to go through it all um so week five winners 11 people picked usc one picked arizona state so of the 12 winners of the losers uh, we had Cal, UCLA, and Oregon pretty much split up evenly. So, all the spoiler, all those teams lost. Wow. 
I'm gonna pick Cal. Nice. Uh, Oregon, you think, you know, mm. no, mm-hmm. they're not so good. Uh, okay, so thank you for everyone that uh, worked in the survival pool. A uh, few notes we have here. Did you see uh, the deadline was on Monday for Nick Rolovich? So if he wanted to get the vaccine and be two weeks fully vaccinated, he could get Johnson & Johnson on Monday. And by the the uh, October 18th deadline or whatever, if he's not vaccinated by then or have, uh, then he can no longer work for the university. According to John Wilner, um, it looks like there's a review panel. So you have to, sub- you had to submit your exemption, which is... Um, was it medical or I forget what the other exemption was, whatever. Like there'd be some exemption uh, or religious, I believe you can't, it can't be like a personal one. And there's a board. It's, it's a blind one. It's not like, okay, here's a football coach. We're going to let him, we'll give him an exemption. Apparently they take the name off of it. And uh, someone, there's like a committee at the university that looks at all these, um, you know, uh, um, like uh, objections or whatever, and then make their determination. But, we could very well see the end of the Nick Rolovich era at Washington State if he's decided not to get the, the jab on Monday. Do you like the jab when people say that you hate that? No, I love it. Okay. Because we're taking we're taking just like a very like quick thing that like uh, the British use and we're just using it. I was I was in London for a couple of days, like this summer. Yeah, yeah. They said the jab a lot, so it sort of stuck in my yeah. head. Well, it's so much better than like I'm going to get the vaccine. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get a jab. <laughs> so we should know uh in a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, what, happy trails, buddy. What do you think is going to happen? So my he's, guess he's is he's not going to get it because conspiracy brain won, obviously. Yeah, um, he's not going to get it, and he's going to get fired, and that's great. Good for Washington State; they get to try again. Uh, all right, um, let's see. There was I was talking about some of the Pac-12 teams. We were like, "Hey, is the Pac-12 bad?" We think the Pac-12 is bad. Uh, we thought- you know what I think it is? It's like every other year with the Pac-12. I think it's I think it's worse than it usually is, but I think just everyone's the same. Like we just were talking about this, our number one team and our number twelve team. If they like played tomorrow, I would not be shocked if twelve beat one. Yeah, just our top two teams lost this week. Yeah, the power rankings. The league is just it's it's uh, what it always is. But then just like so it, cannibalism. So you lose. So like oh maybe Purdue's pretty good. You know it's like because Oregon State's four and one. They won their last four mm-hmm. games. No Purdue's not. You know they. No Purdue's not good. They lost to Minnesota, who lost to Bowling Green. Right. You know it's like okay Kansas State. You know hell hey Stanford. Got smoked by Is them. Kansas State good? No, they no. lost their last two games. Uh, Fresno State, we thought, hey, man, they could be legit. And did they did they beat the team they played last weekend? Uh, Hawaii, no. No, no, they didn't. So we're just seeing a lot of this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into that more. Uh, there's been some debate. I don't know why. Like, John Wilner's, like, p- putting out the path to the playoff. And there's been some national podcasts that talk, like, yeah, the Pac-12's still alive, like, I don't even think about that anymore. Like, I just think that's completely gone. Um, I, uh, Oregon fans, I guess, earmuffs. Um, nobody's, nobody's going. Yeah, nobody's winning out the rest of the way. No. There's, Every game's almost a coin flip. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, you've got a 60% chance of winning your remaining whatever seven games. Great. You're going to lose two of them at yeah. least. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be the class. I think this is the perfect year to finally test out that theory of everyone finishing five and four or four and five. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I think there's two pretty terrible teams, and then everyone else is kind of mediocre. Uh, bad news, Cal Noseguard, uh, Stanley McKenzie, he's out for the season. So he missed, I think he was hurt in the Washington game and then didn't play the Washington State game, but apparently he's out now. So Cal's defense um, could use some help, and that doesn't help. 
No, that doesn't help. Um, speedy recovery to Stanley McKenzie, though. Uh, we forgot to mention this last week because we've mentioned this before that we are morons, but you guys are all listening to us anyway. And so you're going to like, make fun of us for being stupid. We're, we're stupid. We'll, we'll admit that. Arizona had tryouts for a walk-ons. In the, not, not like in fall camp, like in the middle of the season. Like basically like, please come help us. We need, we need help. Uh, I thought that was a great story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. And like, you got to figure like there's some random students who can outplay like a few <laughs> of those like Arizona wideouts. You know, there's probably a few. I would think. Maybe a quarterback. Who knows? I think they found their quarterback. Yeah. We'll see. They found the best one they have on the <laughs> roster right now, but I'm just saying there might be a walk-on. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was a good one. We missed it last week because, like we said, we're dumb. Uh, the NCAA announced Tuesday is approved a one-year waiver of signing an initial counter limits in football that will help coaches deal with roster issues related to the transfer portal. So, basically, you can sign 32 instead of 25 as long as you've had people leave in the portal. So, um, you know, if you're Stanford and you had 50 guys leaving the portal, you can still only sign seven, but you can replace the guys that you, uh, uh, had lost. So up to seven, I think they have to sign it. It might be signed today or something, but, um, there was talk about this before. So I, I, I like this, like, I didn't like that you could transfer out, but can't bring more guys in, um, and transfers count against that 25 limit. So I think this is a good thing. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it was a necessary thing. Um, here's some more Arizona news. Uh, preview. So Arizona's going to do a wideout. You know, working on a, I think it's a 16 game losing streak. Hadn't won a game in two calendar years. They're going to have a wideout. Great. And our friend Michael Lev, love him. He tweeted out, and this is a little bit breaking news that Arizona, now it's the wideout, they will wear their Navy jerseys for the wideout. He said, not kidding. So that makes a lot of sense, right? Well, why are they doing a wideout then? Why don't you do like a red out or something? I I, I don't know. Because UCLA is going to be wearing white for that game. So it's like, I feel like they have the support of the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Odd choice. It's sort of like the uh, Chargers Raiders game at SoFi mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. other night, which got delayed by lightning here in Los Angeles. That was so weird. I probably would have gone with a red out. Just yeah. me, personally. Well, the Navy jerseys, maybe they're the Navy out. Well, then you're like kind of playing it. UCLA's got a blue in there. Oh, that's true. And it's not the same blue, but it's a blue. So why not just go with uh, go with red? Do the red out. Because Arizona, you know, when I think of Arizona, I think more red than anything. Yeah. Uh, no, I like the red out. That would be good. But yeah, they're going to do a white out and wear navy jerseys, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I, did you ever watch uh, L.A. Story? Yes. You know, with uh, Steve Martin and uh -huh. stuff. I felt like that's what happened to Los Angeles on Monday because all of a sudden you look outside and it's like thunder, lightning pouring. Like we haven't had rain in quite a while. Yeah. Thunder, lightning pouring. And I'm like, I didn't hear about anything about this. No. And it's sort of like the pre-recorded weather thing. It's like sunny and 70, just throw it up there. <laughs> and the guy goes on, you know, he goes on vacation or something. And Woody Harrelson's like, I suck my boat because <laughs> you watched your, you know, forecast. I felt like that was happening. I was like. Did anyone know there was going to be like thunder and lightning like crazy out there? Some cool pictures, but uh, but yeah, then the, you know, this is very LA. You got to lay the Monday night football game that's played indoors, right? Because of lightning. Yeah, because I guess the sides are open. I don't know. I haven't been there yet, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, okay, so that's sort of our uh, newsy recap of what's going on here in Pac-12 football land. We have to do our picks. We got to. I mean, uh, we'll do our picks a little bit later. We got to do our 
game recaps and reveal our power rankings for this week. So let's do our Pac-12 Roundup. Okay. So first up, our number 12 team. That hasn't changed. Arizona Wildcats. They're on a bye. So we don't have to talk about them. But uh, yeah, but they got the whiteout coming up. We already talked about Arizona quite a bit. Our number uh, 11 team still in that spot. Colorado Buffaloes. They were hosting our number six team. USC Trojans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they sure were. Um, so uh, Colorado continues to be terrible. Um, USC's defense actually um, was awful in this game, as far as I'm concerned, because they allowed Colorado to throw for over 100 yards. Um, Brendan Lewis finished with 162 yards on 17 attempts. That's almost 10 yards per attempt. That is awful for USC's defense. They should feel terrible about that. Um, Most points they've scored all season. Yeah. 14. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, except for the Northern Colorado game. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Most most points they've scored against an FBS opponent. Okay, yeah, okay. Um yeah, Colorado still looks terrible. Uh USC's offense really got going in this one. I think this is is this the best they've run the ball in a conference game in the last 2 years probably? It's it's, it's up there. Yeah, yeah, they ran the ball extremely well. Yeah, and Keaton Slovis I think looked um much better than he did uh the previous week. Um so you got to like seeing that if you're a USC fan. Um, you know, he was, he was throwing so well back there. I just thought it was Jackson Dart back in there. Um, but no, he came to practice yesterday. No, it was the second best quarterback on the roster. Um, yeah, but yeah, Colorado, uh, looks terrible. Um, continues to look terrible. Um, even against the bad USC defense, that's poorly coached and awful. Um, they still only scored 14 points. I, I, after the game, Carl Durrell, um, was walking off the field or jogging off the field and he pushed some, uh, reporters camera, which yeah. okay, uh, there were a lot of people talking about like assault or whatever, and I'm like, no, it's not assault. It's just a sign that you're way in over your head and you're yes. bad at your job, and you should probably be fired. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but I think um, uh, continuing. I mean, it's just uh, there's not a whole lot to be hopeful for as a Colorado fan right now um, because you are just in year two. Um, Darrell does have. I was looking at his contract deals details. Um, I think it's fully guaranteed, his contract. Whoa. I think they, I, I, from what I was reading, the reports of it at the time. Those always work out well. Yeah. I, I, they'd have to pay him a substantial amount of money to get gone at this point. So mm. if I'm if I'm Colorado's administration, I start looking for cause. You know, oh, he pushed a cameraman? That's cause. Um, but I, the contract details didn't look good to me. Um, now, maybe I'm reading it wrong, so hopefully uh, there's some better news to be had there, but. Uh, Colorado might be stuck with this for a while, which means I think they're going to need to make some obvious coordinator change at the end of the year, um, get Durrell's hands off this offense, because, again, it looks very much like everything I've ever seen from Carl Durrell, but it's bad. USC, they they looked fine. You know, They did what they should have done against Colorado. Yeah, it's uh, this is one we got right as far as picks goes. Yeah, our picks, by the way, are pretty bad still. Dave had a 3-2 and two record. I had a 2-3 and three record. Um, but this is uh, this is one we, we, we nailed. It just didn't look like Colorado could score. Their biggest, you know, scoring 14 points, their biggest pass play of the season. Um, you know, one of those touchdowns was on a short field. But, you know, Colorado, it's just, it doesn't look like a very good team. I think we know a couple of things. We know Arizona and Colorado aren't good, and we just, the rest we're not sure about. I mean, they've, everything well, else is sort of like up in the air. If I had to 
honestly, if I had to pick the Colorado Arizona game on a neutral field, I would take Arizona. So that should probably inform our power rankings. It's just Arizona's been so inept the entire season. Yeah. They lost in Northern Arizona, but Arizona, I le- at least I feel at times they have a pulse. Colorado doesn't look like they have a pulse. Like yeah. th- that offense looks completely hopeless, and the players don't look like they're engaged with it either. Like it's not like it, there's just not a lot there, and you could see this defense. I mean, already in this game, but. This defense, which I actually think is pretty quality, like I don't think it's a bad Colorado defense. No, but I think they're they already bad. they're already getting overwhelmed by the responsibility on them because they not only have to you know do a good enough job, they have to like go way over above and beyond because the offense is so bad at staying on the field and scoring points, but even just staying on the field. It's hard to st- to keep that level, and they got Mustafa Johnson back, and, and USC still ran all over him. I feel I feel for him, because like, I feel like sometimes on this podcast, I'm the Colorado defense, and Dave's like the Colorado offense, and I just have to carry it for all those times. And so like week after week, you just have to keep going, you know? So Yep. But but I've been doing it. Like Colorado's defense, I don't know if they're going to have the longevity. I mean, I've been doing it for years, so it's just, I, so I guess I'm sort of used to it. Now. I am, I, I would say in a lot of ways, I am the Carl Durrell of this podcast. <laughs> you actually nailed it. I think someone tweeted us or someone, I think someone tweeted like, um, oh my God, like it, this, Dave nailed it. Like the Carl Durrell offense is what's going to, it's, he comes in and puts his like fingerprints all over the offense. The and, more he smears his fingertips <laughs> over the offense, the worse it gets. He's he's the opposite of King Midas. Everything he touches turns to shit. <laughs> well stated. Okay, uh, let's move on. We got our number uh, 10 team. California Golden Bears. And uh, they were taking on our now number nine team. Washington State Cougars. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, they need the real one this time. Um, I, I so I can I do I'm this? Gonna, they were ferocious. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have three. So here's the thing. We have three very bad teams in the league this year. I think. I think Cal's one of them. The more I'm thinking about it, the more they are one of them. Yeah. Um, only two of them are completely unwatchable, and that's Colorado and Cal. I think Arizona is actually watchable in a certain way. Cal, though, is the most unwatchable. They're le- they're less watchable than Colorado. Because Colorado, it's like, oh, holy shit, are they gonna are they gonna get a yard? Are they gonna do it? <laughs> and like doing the Colorado yardage watch is kind of fun. Like, oh, are they oh, they went over a hundred passing yards. This is great. Cal is not fun. Nothing about this is fun. Their defense isn't that good anymore, and their offense is terrible. Once again, terrible. Chase Garbers does not look like the MVP Chase Garbers. He looks so like he's such changed. a changed. I feel like we're breaking up because he's changed. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> it's 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 Musgrave. There's so many there have been so many bad coordinator and head coach hires in this league in like the last two or three years. It is astounding. Like that the money fact, doesn't matter. The like, fact that, that, that Car- the, the, fact, the fact that Carl Durrell, Bill Musgrave, and John Donovan are all like doing offensive things significantly in employed the, in this <laughs> is insane it's absolutely insane that these hires were made like okay maybe there's some budgetary issues in this league and i get it but you didn't have to hire those guys you could have hired like the wide receivers coach for oklahoma you could have hired like the running backs coach for alabama you didn't need to hire bill musgrave cal that didn't need to happen <laughs> And you're just you're reaping the rewards now. I feel uh, like they tried like with Bo Baldwin. Remember, like he's yeah, they like, were doing something different, and then they're like, no, let's not do anything different. Let's do like man ball from 1995. <laughs> um, and so Garber sucks now. Their rushing attack sucks. Um, 
And Washington State, you know, Jaden Delora looked fine. Uh, they ran the ball pretty well, uh, but they weren't really doing anything great themselves offensively. Um, it was more just the case that uh, Cal was absolutely and completely inept. Uh, and they won. Washington State won 21-6 to on the uh, road. Jaden Delora coming back, I think, definitely was a nice spark for Washington State. But like you said, uh, Justin Wilcox said, which he just seems to be, I mean, this this got to be his last season unless things can significantly turn around. We didn't really do much of anything all that well. That's on me. Uh, that's what he said. Cal blocked a punt in this one, but it ended up turning into a Washington State first down. So that sort of like tells you how this is going, right? Like, right. Um, he did the Calvin Jackson Jr. catch, though. Sport. Well, I think it was the number one player. It was one of them, the Sports Center top plays. That was so. We'll get to like Drake London's stuff. His was ranked higher, and I can see why. Like, he reached up and did a complete 360 when he caught this ball and tapped down. Of course, the Pac-12 rest said. It's an incomplete pass. And they have to review it like, oh, no, he caught that. Oh, yeah. That was a freaky catch. <laughs> that was... We actually didn't talk about Drake London at all because we already recapped that game. Oh, we did? Oh, sorry. Yeah. We Drake already... London was freaky good in oh, that yeah, game. He's... He was basically the only reason USC was scoring points for like a long stretch of it. Is he the, like the best player in the Pac-12? Like... It's so – it's ridiculous. He should be illegal. It's not, <laughs> it's not fair. There was that one series early on where it was just like, oh, they're going to throw it to London again. Oh, and he's going to make a ridiculous catch. Oh, there it is. He did. They threw it up to him, and he made that ridiculous like moss catch over somebody, and then the one hander in the end zone. And I think they tried to run a play or something. He's like yelling, like "Throw me the damn ball!" Like he was definitely Ke- Keyshawn Johnson over there. So the next time they just throw it up, and he said afterwards, he was like, "Yeah, I." He kind of laughed. He goes, "Cause I threw. I didn't think I could get it." He threw his hand up, and it just kind of stuck on it. And he was like laughing to himself, like didn't realize he could have caught that ball, and he did. So, so he had two of like the best catches in the of the week, and like. A minute. This is the best way to treat Washington State, Cal. Talk a little bit more about USC. <laughs> well, I totally forgot we didn't mention Drake London, which sort of it's just sort of like he's like a constant. Yeah, you know? he's he's the only like elite part of this league. Um yeah. So but anyway, that was disappointing effort from Cal. I I don't know where you go from here. And uh I don't know, maybe Washington State has some life. Um I they they need Jaden Delore for sure. But even then I think it's a coin flip if they're a decent uh, have a decent game or not. Um, okay, let's go. Next up, we have our number eight team. Washington Huskies. <laughs> and get this. This may be a little controversial. Uh, they were taking on our number one team. Oregon State Beavers. Oh, yeah, baby. Has that ever happened? They've definitely spent more time at 12 than one. But have they been one before? Have we had it? Maybe. Maybe. I don't. I don't so. think so either. I think this is the first time ever. And this was Dave sort of wanted a different one, and I'm like, no, it was. Uh, it could have gone back. I, and it could have gone one or the other. It was either. Well, you'll 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 understand. Uh, Oregon State, big big home win over Washington. Uh, this one was uh, one on a last second field goal. What do you think of the end game here? Well, I mean, Oregon State was dominating the game, and then like Washington comes back, and it's cool that. Oregon State was able to come back, but the way Washington handled this, uh, I would say extremely poor. Okay, would that would that be fair? Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, so the 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 final, so basically the sequence was um, Washington had uh, the ball after Oregon State came back again to go back uh, into a tie game, twenty four twenty four. Um, and then Washington gets the ball and they go for it on fourth and one on their own 46, right? With about 
what was it, three minutes ago? So it was so it was a fourth and one. Yeah, I think there was three minutes left. But they did the problem I had was the quarterback sneak. Okay. It looked like a full yard. Uh-huh. And your quarterback's like not six feet tall. Yeah. So I I don't I don't hate quarterback Which is half a yard. I don't hate I don't hate quarterback sneaks. <laughs> Twice on, a yard. I don't hate quarterback sneaks on fourth and one. I don't hate I don't hate it. I love it. I think it's the only way to go. It was maybe a little bit long, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But they should be able to get a yard on a quarterback sneak. You should be able to. Uh they weren't able to. I I think that's a lot of I think it's a lot of uh, uh you know backseat quarterbacking or whatever. Um I, I didn't hate what Washington did. And then Jonathan Smith was getting some criticism as well for how he managed the very end of the game to play for a field goal. I don't have an issue with that. I loved that. Yeah. I thought that was perfect because we how many times have we seen now with a final minute to go, a team drive the field and win? Yeah. Um, no, just you play for that field goal and play for it with time expiring. And then whatever, you go to overtime in your home stadium. That's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Um, so I liked the way he played it. Um, uh, I didn't hate the way Washington played it. I think that was just kind of some after the fact criticism. Uh, long story short though, Oregon state was the better team and they should have won this game. Yeah, They, they like, probably should have, yeah. they probably should have won it by more. Uh, they ran the ball really, really well. The one thing was chance. No one really couldn't get anything going in the passing game. Um, Washington had him blanketed. He wasn't as sharp as he was in the previous game. I'd have been a little bit of a hangover effect. Uh, but they ran the ball really well. B.J. Baylor was exceptional. Um, and Washington, you know, I, I didn't think they played poorly, um, spe- certainly in the first half, maybe. But um, in the second half, they you got some things going a little bit more. Dylan Morris is just um, – I don't even want to blame Dylan Morris. John Donovan's just a terrible offensive coordinator. Yeah. And that's, that's really the long and the short of it. Sean McGrew is good. We like Sean McGrew. Um, he didn't play, like, the first two games. Yeah. That didn't go well. No. So maybe play him some more. Yeah, play him some more. <laughs> yeah. I remember covering him. It was Bosco, I believe, right? He was a little like, but you were covering, he's like five foot six or something. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, Washington, I don't know, Washington. Like, but that Washington could have won this game, you know, and then it would be a whole different story. But I think, I think that, I mean, if they convert that fourth and one, they probably do win this game. The deserved team, I think, won this one. It maybe was a little crazier than you would have liked. Um, we got this right too. Covered they covered the spread, which was cool. Yeah, uh, it was a two and a half point. Oregon State was favored by two and a half, one by three. That would have been a bad one, like if it was like three and a half. Oh yeah, which actually this week is, so that's going to be a weird one. Um, but yeah, props to Oregon State winning their last four games, uh, looking like not just a competent team, but a fun team to watch. Um, you know, you you've seen like the fruits of Jonathan Smith's labor kind of come together, and yes, they could still crash and burn, but they beat Oregon last year. They're on a, a great run so far this year after that clunker. And if they had Nolan start the first game, if they had Nolan start the first game, they're probably five and zero yeah. and ranked in the top fifteen right now. I know, crazy, huh? Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Our number seven team, Utah Utes. Uh, they were on a bye. Uh, number 16, we already talked about USC. Our number uh, five team, they've dropped a little bit. UCLA Bruins. And uh, they were taking on our now number two team. Arizona State Sun Devils. All right, the big takeaway from this game, Arizona State won 42-23, is that Arizona State probably should have won by more. Um, they dominated the game. Um, it was not... 
It was close at halftime, um, basically because Dorian Thompson-Robinson played probably the best ha- first half he's played, at least this year, but maybe ever. Um, he was really good in the first half, which was why it was 24-20 and then 24-23 after um, a... Uh, hang on. Side note. Side uh, note, okay. A- ASU's kick returner guy, uh-huh. um, full-on Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> like, just, I'm going to take it, and I'm just going to go, and we'll see what happens. He took he took a kickoff out of the end zone from the back of the end zone <laughs> um, and got tackled at, like, the 10. And it's like, what, what's going on here? Um, and then uh, he, uh, he uh, muffed a punt um, that he attempted to field off the bounce. Um, oh, yeah. And UCLA recovered it to kick a field goal just before half. But, like... Those were meaningful plays. There were so many stupid things that ASU did in this game. Like, I think they had 12 men on the field three different times. Um, <laughs> it was insane how, like, just disorganized they were and just still beating UCLA like a gong. Um, but, like, without all those mistakes, without all those, like, kind of issues, they would have had 50-plus in this game. Yeah. Um, and they would have won this by four touchdowns. Um, Jaden Daniels. He was both really good, and UCLA's defense was really bad. Uh, the secondary is pretty bad. It's not even just the secondary. It's the coaching because, um, okay, the secondary is bad. Your secondary is bad. H- how much cover zero are you going to call with a bad secondary? <laughs> there was one where he he got a, a 65-yard touchdown on a wide receiver screen where it was cover zero, and UCLA's two defensive backs, one was supposed to um, get the screen guy, and the other one was supposed to eat the block. They both go to eat the block. And so the guy who catches the ball literally has no one covering him at all. And it's a screen. So it's a lateral pass, more or less. And then he just, oh, I guess, uh, that, oh, these guys are both going to be blocked by the same wide receiver. Great. I'm just going to run to the end zone. Maybe do it at a light jog. Who knows? Um, and it was just, uh, there were, I, I think somebody uh, found the stat. It was four straight drives where Arizona State had a play over 47 yards. Whoa. Um, That's insane. Just, and Jane Daniels just, he was good, but he was also just like able to just sit back there and throw a moonshot downfield. And uh, yeah, there was a guy wide open. Uh, UCLA had some injuries in the secondary on top of them, like even the starters being bad. Um, they were then down their starters. Um, there was a walk on who played at safety for like the entire second half. Um, so it was bad. Uh, but the defense, so the defense was awful. The only way UCLA was going to win this is if they got into a shootout, right? Uh, how many points do you think UCLA scored in the second half? Uh, Considering they know it's going to be a shootout, right? Like they know, they know they're really going to get like after twenty four or something, right? Like that. Yeah, they scored zero, <laughs> zero points. And the I thought the funniest part was when Chip Kelly lined up uh, the team for a I think it was a forty seven yard field goal attempt down by nine in the third quarter with ASU already having scored thirty two points. Okay, ASU. Let's recap. They're scoring every single time that they don't trip over their own dicks. Like, they are scoring (laughs) at will. And you're going to line up to go down six in the third quarter. What are we playing for here? Like, what are you doing? Um, Terrible. Terrible decision. Um, And then in the second half, uh, so all game, UCLA was unable to run the ball out of conventional setups. Like, the only person who was able to run the ball was Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and that was off of scrambles. Um, Or off this, like, one kind of... Jag, you know, gadget play where uh, they had two offensive linemen, the rest were split out wide, and he just ran through the middle. Um, unable to run the ball, particularly out of like obvious run formations, right? So tight, compressed sets, can't run the ball. They're very bad. So what does he do in the second half? 
ton of compressed sets. <laughs> Ton of them. <laughs> and ASU just continuously shuts, more. continuously shuts them down <laughs> the entire second half. So, like, ASU looked really good. I, I don't want to take anything away from ASU. This was one of the most poorly coached games I can remember from UCLA. And keep in mind, I watched the Carl Durrell era. Uh, I watched the Rick Neuheisel era. And I watched latter stage Jim Mora era. I am familiar with very bad coaching. <laughs> and this was so bad. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson's getting some blame in the second half because there was one two play sequence near the goal line, um, where, uh, the second time he missed the read, um, to hand off, but throw that out. They're again, doing compressed formations. I wouldn't hand the ball off either. If I'm like at all aware of how they've done in those situations, if I'm Dorian Thompson Robinson and I've got 96 yards on the ground. Yeah. I'm going to hold onto the ball and see if I can make something happen. Um, Horrible game for UCLA. Terrible. ASU, though, I think they they looked they looked really good. And I think their defense looks pretty good. Um I just I would put an asterisk next to the offensive performance because, of the UCLA. because UCLA's defensive staff clearly had had no idea how to how to um deal with uh, a lack of talent in their own secondary. I think for Jane Daniels, we're waiting to see like a, a breakout performance against a good team or a decent team. And maybe you're not going to have that many opportunities in the PAC 12. It's just UCLA's secondary was making it so easy for him. I think it was a really good game. I don't, I, I don't want to sit here taking a lot away from ASU. I think they played really well. I just think UCLA helped them by uh, coaching. Like they were, um, I don't know, their heads were in a bag. And I, I feel like the UCLA defense was trying to be really aggressive, and Daniels handled it really well in you know, big plays, a ton of big plays, like you mentioned. Uh, also stopping UCLA's run game. UCLA couldn't run the football. That's a formula for success. But, um, you know, Arizona State ran the ball well. Daniels played great. They had a lot fewer penalties. Um, so I think all those are positive things. So we'll see how they go from here. But, uh, you know, kudos to ASU, and they, they put it together. They did. Uh, yeah, just beat the crap out of UCLA, who was a favorite in the game. Okay, we got one last one. We picked that one wrong, by the way. Yeah, we both got that one wrong. Um, let's just, you know, from week to week, nothing makes sense. So it's good. I think I just have to come up with new uh, ways to pick things. Cause hey, just, you're only five games under 500. And that was pretty bad. I'm only one game under 500. Not bad. Uh, let's see. We got Oregon Ducks. They are a number three team, and... They were uh, taking on, and I should have put this in the other order, our number four team. Stanford Cardinal. Well, we could switch three or four just because the way the game went, but I think overall resume, you might still go with. Yeah, I still, could... I, th- I still think Oregon's a better team. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Stanford won in overtime 31-24. Uh, Oregon looked really 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 bad offensively uh in this game anthony brown um missing throws he threw one of the worst picks i've ever seen in my life um tried to throw it again later on uh was missing reads um uh, there was one play near the goal line i saw this on twitter um after the fact just a little analysis of it where he keeps uh where it should have been a hand or it should have been a pitch out um for an easy walk-in touchdown and he keeps and it didn't even look like it was blocked with that option. Like it didn't look like he had even an option to keep, and yet he did anyway. Um, he was really, really bad. They might have to make a change at quarterback. I don't know if that's even going to be legitimate. I don't know how good uh, Thompson is right now, but uh, he was terrible. 
CJ Verdell went down at one point. Um, so Travis Dye was getting a lot of carries, a lot more than he usually does. I've always liked Travis Dye. I don't know why he... Verdell, I think it was third quarter he went down or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked Travis Dye. He had a near fumble, but um, he always looks pretty good to me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really understood the distribution there. Um, but yeah, offensively, uh, really struggled because of, uh, essentially poor quarterbacking. Um, and then Stanford, you know, Tanner McKee looked okay. Um, looked pretty good. Um, I would say in the first half, um, it actually looked like a bit of a vintage Stanford performance where it was just, uh, like kind of high efficiency and also just kind of holding onto the ball for a long time when they had it. Um, and just kind of slowly working their way downfield. Um, but it was, you know, a little bit of vintage Stanford. I was doing a long joke thread on Twitter about um, <laughs> basically all these two, 2011 uh, Stanford players showing up and playing. Um, but really it was about kind of forcing mistakes from Oregon and then, you know, semi sort of taking advantage of them um, just kind of over and over again. Um, and then honestly, like they had a fourth and one at the Oregon 45 when it was 10 nothing Stanford, I felt like if they had converted that at that moment, um, they were going to go up by three scores on that drive, um, and it was not going to be super pretty. Yeah. Um, but uh, they didn't. Uh, Tanner McKee did not get um, the really, really awful-looking sneak. It was like a terrible sneak, <laughs> um, but he didn't get the yard, um, and then Oregon went back and scored a touchdown. From then on, it was more of an evenly played game. Um, but, yeah, Stanford... Uh, Stanford pulled it out and looked a little bit more like the uh, annoying Stanford that we have come to know and love. No Joe Moorhead in this one. So apparently some sort of non-related, non-COVID-related issue, and he had surgery. Um, so hopefully it's one of those things where you felt like pick like 10 factors and you switch one of them and Oregon wins the game, you know, like just having an untimed down at the end, having different referees, maybe that different changes. referees might've helped. <laughs> Oregon uh, fans are screaming at me for not mentioning the, uh, the refing on the final drive right now. They're yeah, screaming. I mean, I think there were some legit calls, but there was also like the holding call didn't look like, you know, the, the one that extended the game and made it happen. But, but well, you fundamentally know. you let a team uh, convert a second and 19 with a minute and 44 to go from their own. What was it? Four yard line. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you don't. You had control of that. You could have controlled yeah. that play. And you know you play in the Pac-12, right? So, uh, also the broadcast quality was very terrible on this one. So, like ESPN apologized, like about the broadcast quality, but also like the actual announcers were terrible too. Yeah, it was I, Rod Gilmore and whoever. Um, they well, were bad. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot. This is. This felt like. Everything just sort of lined up and just was against. Oh my Oregon. god! And and Bryson Tremaine's uh, foot injury. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh my god! Um, and that was like the one thing they showed in high def the entire game. <laughs> it's like I, I I no I I never I I want that image excised from my brain. Like yeah. literally do brain surgery and cut that one out. Here's the deal, Anthony Brown and I. You know I think I was listening to Pete Thamel and he was talking about. No, which is weird. Urban Meyer was just raving about Anthony uh, Anthony Brown, how great he was going to be. And I sort of was like, you know what? I just have a feeling he's going to have a huge year. He's going to be great. And he does not look good at all. No. Um, and this is the overall thing. And I, someone, I think someone with like four followers was tweeting me about my Stanford pick and stuff. Um, it's calling them butt. And that's been a, a thing. Stanford, great win, obviously. A couple of great wins so far. Uh, a couple of bad losses. But... 
It's never but. The whole conference could seriously be but. We know for sure at least two teams are terrible and potentially more. Um, I don't know if anyone's really good. Oregon still could be the class of the conference. Maybe it's Arizona State. Maybe it's Oregon State. I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. But, like, I don't think you're like, oh, Stanford beat Oregon. They're a great team. Like, um, I don't think so. I don't think that they can have some good moments and bad moments, and we've seen that in the Pac-12. And if you just look at the quarterback play, like the preseason all-Pac-12 quarterback was Keaton Slovis, who – Everyone wants his backup to play. Like, that's supposed to be the best quarterback in the conference. Um, I don't know. Like, who's the best quarterback in the conference right now? Like, is there, like, a clear, like, oh, that guy's great? Like, I don't think we got one. No, I I, I don't think so. Um, I think it's – I mean, I, I think you've got to say Dorian Thompson-Robinson's having a good year. Um, Jaden Daniels um, hasn't had a good statistical year, but I would say he's – uh, one of the better ones. I don't know, man. There, there's that's a, what I'm saying. Like, there's no like. Oh god, that guy's amazing. There's no nothing really great. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we got a we got limited. Time. I do want to mention one thing. Oh, go uh, ahead. Mario Cristobal continues to be a, a very bad game manager. Um, I would say David Shaw wasn't a great game manager in this one either. No, but <laughs> Mario Cristobal called a timeout to help Stanford on their final drive to score. <laughs> Like uh, there's only that's the only way of reading that one where it was like, I think it was like 41 seconds to go. And it was first and 10 at the Oregon 45 after they had just completed the ball. I think it was in the middle of the field, like force Stanford to take a timeout or force them to hurry up. Don't don't do that. It just did them a solid. That's all. Oh, my God. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, preview week six. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He also called a pass play on second down to, like... Were you think about this over the break? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when when Oregon had the ball and they just had to ice the game. Like... David Shaw did that. No, no. Mario Cristobal. Oh, okay. Cristobal's worse. David Shaw's a terrible game manager, and Cristobal <laughs> is somehow worse. Dave's on this one. Um, okay. Sorry, Hithla Day. Sorry about that, Hithla Day. Uh, all right. We got to do our week six. Uh, we got... Uh, weekday games again. So only four games this week. We'll go through them quick and get the questions. First up, we got Stanford Cardinal. On the road at Arizona State Sun Devils. 
Okay, this one's on at 7.30 on Friday on ESPN. Stanford traveling to number 22, Arizona State. ASU is a 13-point favorite. Uh, what about this league makes you think anybody should be uh, favored by double digits? Like, at all, in any game? Uh, give me Stanford. That's way too many points. I was, my gut says, take Stanford, take Stanford, take Stanford, take Stanford. You got two t- two guys that slow the game down. ASU just, okay, so I, again, I'm, I'm making this point just because I think it's valid for, like, understanding the dynamics of this conference. ASU won by 19, should have won by more, but so much of that was due to UCLA's awful coaching, like, terrible coaching. Like, if they had just played, Stanford. Oh, yeah, yeah. but if they just played <laughs> eight-man coverage the entire game, they would have had a chance in the game. It was so bad what they were trying to do to ASU. So I guess my point is, ASU's good. They're maybe one of the best teams in the league. Are they 13 points better than Stanford at home? No. I say they are. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna go right. with it. All right, baby. I can't. Uh, I got to go against my gut because my gut has been. Remember who coaches awful. ASU? I, uh, yeah. This is no. This is a. You know, we had Cristobal Shaw. Now we got Herm Shaw. Uh, all right, we'll see what happens there. We picked that one differently. Next up, we've got the Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> And there was even talk about game day being here at Washington State Cougars. I guess they tweeted that or something, but because they have the Washington State flag that's been going. Yeah, yeah. You're looking for an excuse to do it, but it's, you got to do it early in the season before the Pac-12 loses a whole bunch of games. <laughs> this is on at 1 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Oregon State traveling to Washington State. Oregon State is a three and a half point road favorite over Washington State. Um Oregon State's just better. Um, I, I think Washington State, um, uh, they looked sharper against Cal, um, but some of that was just due to Cal's own ineptitude. So I'll take Oregon State as the uh, minor key road favorite. Uh, I think they cover the three and a half, win by a touchdown. I'm going to agree with you there. I was hoping you would look at that 15-point win for Wazoo and go, Jane Delores back. Cal's just, home. You know, Cal's just terrible. Cal is pretty awful. Uh, I like Oregon State. We've... Like over the years, we've been pretty good at picking them. They've been good at covering the spread. Uh, I look at our chart and I'm like, I pick OSU a lot, and there's it's always highlighted in in bold because they win a lot or they cover the spread a lot. So I'll agree with you that one. All right, uh, another big one in the conference. We got Utah Utes coming off a bye week, heading to a place that they've had some trouble playing. USC Trojans. Yeah, that's the thing is that even good Utah teams have really, really struggled um, playing at uh, at USC, and this is not a um, good Utah team. Yeah, I would say I'd say good, good-ish. Um, but they've they've lost the last two times they've gone to the Coliseum. Two years ago, or uh, four years ago, it was only by one. That was the twenty-eight twenty-seven yeah. game. Yeah, uh, but before that, it was uh, eighteen. Um, and that was a backup court, third string quarterback. Yeah, for USC. Yeah, Utah uh, plays a lot of man. That's not. And a, it didn't work when USC had like three awesome receivers, but now they have one awesome receiver. Maybe that'll work because you can like throw three of your men over on the one and yeah. and see what happens. The rest anyway. Five p.m. on Fox. Utah traveling to USC. USC is a three point favorite. Um, like I want to believe in Utah here, but I think Utah's not very good. I don't think USC is very good, but like all things being equal, um, the Coliseum's been a tough place for Utah to get wins. Um, so I'll take USC. I don't feel great about it. I'm going to do the same. Uh, don't usually like picking USC. They covered last week. I kind of think uh, they're going to cover this week. Now, 
the, the options for me are that USC, you know, wins, even if they win by six or something or four, you cover the spread. But I think there's a significant chance USC gets blown out like they've got blown out at home the last couple of games to Oregon State and Stanford. So, But I'll take SC as well. Probably should go against my gut, but I will not there. And then the last game we have to pick. UCLA Bruins. On the road against another team coming off a bye week. Arizona Wildcats. 7.30 on ESPN UCLA at Arizona. Zero doubt in my mind. Take Arizona plus 16. Yeah, I was hoping you'd go UCLA. I'm going to take Arizona as well. I oh. think there's a bare chance Arizona wins this football game. Wow. Um, so Arizona's had a bye week to kind of get right, figure some things out with uh, Jordan McLeod. Uh, UCLA is coming off of a big loss to ASU. Um, they're now down a game in the you know Pac-12 race. Um, they're probably thinking, what the hell's going on now? Because we're three and two, and we were thinking we were going to be contenders this year. Uh, they have basically no healthy safeties. Um, not that Arizona's built to take advantage of that, but they will have had a full week to prepare for this one, a full extra week to prepare for this one. So at the very least, I think they cover. Yeah. Uh, all right. So those are our picks against the spread. Only four games this week, one on a Friday. So you have the whole day on saturday to kind of enjoy your college football you got a game at one you got a game at five and a game at seven thirty. so uh you don't have to watch three at one time so that's that's kind of nice um okay let's uh go on to questions we got a first one it's a voicemail this is pretty darn good hello ryan hello sith lord dave well 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 please allow me to introduce myself i'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year, stole many a man's soul and faith. I was around when Cristobal had his moment of doubt and pain. Made them sure Joe Moorhead could not even call his game. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Oh, yeah. What's been puzzling you is the nature of my game. Who am I, boys? Keep it mediocre. Pretty freaking good. That's <laughs> so good. If we could send gift cards to uh, state penitentiaries, we would send him one. You know? <laughs> the Zodiac Killer does indeed deserve a, a $100 jockey gift card after that one. He could trade it for cigarettes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. S- send in your, uh, like, uh, how, do we, how do we send mail to the jail? Let us know. Uh, that was really good. Um, I got about a half an hour, so we got a we had a lot of we got we got to roll through Let's, them. We'll we'll rapid fire these. So, All right, Marcus. so is it uh, Juan Noel or uh, is it Jonathan State of LA? Noel. Did we do State of LA last time? We must have. Yeah. Uh, to my fellow. All right, so Juan Noel to my fellow jockey whores to my fellow jockey whores. I get that you all want to win that gift card, but you're giving it way too much goddamned effort. What's it about this podcast that says try hard to you? A minimum effort podcast with minimum effort listeners does not want to hear anything with actual aspirations behind it. Keep it short, make us laugh, and cross your fingers because Dave and Ryan certainly aren't going to pick a winner based on any known rhyme or reason. But now having said that, here's the thing. 
This jockey stuff is awesome. <laughs> I bought underwear and two pairs of sleeping shorts at the card I won a few weeks ago, and I love it all. I will even be buying more with my actual very own money. <laughs> so to the corporate rep mandated by jockey to listen to this shit show every week, it's working. Your grand plan to move product by sponsoring a mediocre podcast of an even more mediocre conference was somehow effective. Unbelievable. God bless America. Go Utes and long live Aaron Lowe and Ty Jordan. Juan Noel. Beautiful email. That's an awesome one, Juan. Um, yeah, and thanks to Jockey for that. Uh, let's see. This one, we have a text message, and it starts off, so am I alone in thinking that what's wrong with the Pac-12 isn't Larry Scott or Pat Hayden or even regional demographic shifts, but actually David Shaw? The bad officiating is the relative of Stanford's post-up and hold-em offense. Uh, the, ennui. The ennui uh, for the sport in their boring style of play, and they're personally responsible for at least one bad win and bad loss Every season, Stanford is a cancer, gentlemen. We can let Clay off the hook. And he said, look at it another way. Stanford football is just the Stanford band and uniforms and 50% more smug. A compelling argument. I like that. Yeah. All right. This is from Phil. Uh, I can't take this conference anymore. Hello, Ryan and David. I am a lifetime Pac-12 fan. I grew up a USC fan and now attend Washington State, but love the Pac-12 as a whole. However, I just finished watching this Oregon versus Stanford game, and after all these years, I don't know how much more of this conference I can take. Every single one of these damn teams seem to have zero discipline, can't tackle, are one-dimensional, and all choke when they're a highly ranked team. All the coaches seem to not understand clock management and all tend to have mental blocks when they need to run the ball. Not only that, these refs are so inconsistent, and it's like the conference doesn't want me to watch anyways, as it seems like 75% of the time they play on the Pac-12 network. Like, who has the Pac-12 network? <laughs> It would be one thing if everyone beat beat their out-of-conference opponents and then beat each other up, but we have teams like Arizona losing to 0-3 FCS schools and then almost beating the top Pac-12 team. This seems to happen year in and year out. I don't know, guys. Is it time to root for the Mountain West? Is it time to transfer and take my agricultural studies to or to Fresno State? The hurt has gone on for too long now. Anyway, sorry for the long email and just want to get your guys' thoughts. Any, word, any words to ease my frustrations would be much appreciated. Fight on and go Cougs for now. Phil. Uh, th it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about, Phil. This is why we love this stupid conference because it's um, it's very niche. It's um, immensely frustrating, and uh, it has no significance outside of a very tiny footprint. Yes, uh, very true. I mean, it's well stated, but like, yeah, this is kind of why we're here. This is this is the ball game, baby. Yeah. Uh, two, what is it? Two playoff appearances in the playoff era. Is that right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, this one is a voice. I mean, a text message. Uh, Anantis excrementum. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Excrementum, and that means, I believe, like duck feces or something like duck that. Shit. Duck shit. <laughs> All right. So I think that was very uh, well put. So that was, I guess, maybe a little, little, you know. Towards Hitler Day, maybe just a little sort of like, hey, Hitler Day, I can send Latin shit too. And by the way, your team sucks. That's exactly right. I think that's what they were doing. Uh, this is uh, from Alfred Boomslang. Uh, give Carl Durrell credit. Champions, let's give credit where credit is due. Carl Durrell knows who his best player is and wants to showcase him, <laughs> pumping up his draft stock. Punter Josh Watts is legit. Scobuffs, I guess. He might set a record for attempts. Yes, yes. <laughs> His leg is going to fall off this Those year. Those 24 straight yeah. possessions of not scoring a point, like, he was busy. <laughs> and most of the other time, he was busy, too. Uh, John Donovan Slander from our boy, Eric. 
Uh, the conference has sadly already lost a notable Rose Bowl winning coach this season, so we need to stop with the weekly disparaging of the fine work that John Donovan <laughs> has been doing in Seattle. Uh, to score seven points against the team that previously won the 2001 NCAA Division I National Championship Tournament, despite the handicap of starting a quarterback who doesn't go by Jake, is an accomplishment that deserves a lifetime extension. Eric, P.S., reminder of all the Wildcat and Bruins that this is Fish and Chip Week. Fish and Chip. Fish and Chip, baby. You, you don't seem big on the Fish and Chip. Uh, like as the food or as like No, no, a, just like when it's mentioned. That, like, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Yeah, I think I like uh, it. I just I, I could see your face sometimes when so, you're like indifference. What? To um, be fair, there's I, a lot of indifference. I uh, I I think puns are bad. Okay. I think they're the lowest form of humor. Okay. And now I'm not above using them at times. Um, but fish and chip, you know, it's fine. Okay. I I, I get it. I understand. Uh, I understand the cleverness. The uh, you know, that whole thing. Have but, you watched Wreck It Ralph yet? No, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is from Nick Ravello. Uh, coaching changes. Given that Dave has come out publicly and said Chip Kelly needs to be fired, is this the right year for UCLA to be looking for a new coach? The factors that would have to go into that decision, as I see it, are as follows: one, who's available and who is a reasonable reality. I know a lot of my friend in our uh, my friends in our fan base, like all fan bases, like to th- uh, throw out these huge names and believe we can get anyone. Simply not the case. Two, how much money are they willing to spend after this failed? And yes, I'm willing to call it a failed hire. Uh, three, since essentially Aikman forced this hire, will he be involved again? I don't blame him. I think you had to do it at the time. Uh, four, this is the one that is overlooked. They are hiring a coach across town, and no matter who you hire, you're not going to win that press conference because the national and local media is going to fawn over whoever gets hired across town, which is ridiculous because, Ryan, if you're being honest with yourself, the scale of attention that is placed on that football team is kind of ridiculous. Since the 70s, what have they really done? The era with Carroll, and that's pretty much it. I agree with Ryan. USC does not have to be good for the Pac-12 to be relevant, but it does have to be competent. And scheduling games at 7.30 on the Pac-12 network is about as stupid as UCLA playing a passive defense on Saturday night and not having corners up on receivers. Hey, let's play 10 yards off the ball. As a former defensive player, I wanted to throw up. You could tell what was coming from the cheap seats. Sorry for a little bit of a rant here. Anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts on a coaching change at both schools in the same year. By the way, the last time that happened, the ketchup and the mustard got J-Rob and blue and gold got Terry Donahue. That was pretty sweet. Uh, Nick, I love it. I love your use of periods. Um, they were um, missing. No, they were there. Maybe too many of them. Um, okay, so taking this as it comes, uh, yes, I do think Chip Kelly uh, needs to be let go at the end of the year. You know, I did the the uh, the look ahead, and even if UCLA finishes eight and four, Chip Kelly through four years will have a lower winning percentage than Slick Rick Neuheisel. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and I think that's the determining factor. If you are under the Neuheisel line after four years, you just need to be fired. In fact, that should be built as a clause into any for- future UCLA head coach. If after four years you fall under the Rick Neuheisel line, you're done. And you, you, you have to give up your buyout. Like you can't actually content, contest that at all. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's done. Um, they couldn't... Um, uh, they really needed to win that ASU game because that would have put them at four and one heading into some soft parts of the schedule. Cause now they're going to get, you know, they might beat Arizona. They might beat Colorado. They probably lose to Oregon, probably lose on the road to Washington. Um, you're yeah. looking at again, like another year. Where it's like six and six, seven and five, uh, which isn't great. Um, so yeah. And then the rest of it, I don't know. You don't need to sit there. I think UCLA has to really do some thinking about what they want to be, who they want to be, what kind of program they want to have. Just hiring like the 
third best coach who's available is not the way to go. I think what you saw with this, uh, and I think it compares well with Mick Cronin, uh, but what you saw with the Chip Kelly hire is a guy, and I think this is obvious now, like it's obvious in that ASU game, not consumed with winning, much more consumed with being creative, um, creating, uh, you know, interesting offense or whatever, um, and not all consumed with winning. Because if you were all consumed with winning and you saw what was happening in that first half, you would have gone entirely to spread formations in the second half. But no, he wants to show, oh, I can be creative. I can have wide receivers playing tight end positions and trying to do tight end blocking. And um, I just don't think he's driven in that way. Um, so getting somebody who um, has you know, has a little bit of drive. They want to, um, you know, they're driven in some way. Like McCronin, he's got a short man's complex. He's always going to be driven. Um, <laughs> nice. But getting somebody who's got a little bit of drive, um, and I don't, I, I think the context doesn't matter. I mean, USC, yeah, they're going to go out there and try to get the biggest name they can find. Um, and I think UCLA needs to approach it a different way this year. I think USC hasn't gone out and tried to get the biggest name they could find before. They're going to probably try to do that now. And UCLA might not because... They've tried. They've just failed. No, no, they no desire to like they chip like hiring Clay Helton. There was no desire to get a big name. Like, well, no, with Clay Helton, it was a very different thing. But I'm talking like the Pete Carroll. Like when they were going after Pete Carroll, he was like the fifth or sixth choice. Yeah, but they were there wasn't like you know they were like Mike Riley choices. They weren't like you know these they didn't you go out. throw yourself back to 2001. Mike Riley was like a hot name. He was going to be the Chargers coach, or he was the Chargers coach. He was, yeah, that was short lived too, but. Uh, but I would say UCLA went out and got the big name, which yeah. you don't you, you feel like, hey, this is what. By the way, you got to stop with the the hate on Ricky Newhasel because you know slicky, like, slicky you, Ricky. You don't like you don't like people uh, talking smack about Clay. Rick Rick's my guy. Yeah, so we're not, you know, we don't want that. He no gloves, man. He still won all those games. <laughs> Better than Chip Kelly. He won all like, those games, forty two percent of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's a lot. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. At a basketball school, that's a lot, you know. So if you're playing baseball, 42% success rate's great. <laughs> the plate, I love it. Uh yeah, I think they it's like, okay, you have two brothers, they're both married, they both get divorced, and they're both Is like this a riddle? No, just like getting into relationships. Like, you gotta do what's right for you. The brothers have different personalities. You don't have to go find the same, you know, qual whatever caliber of girlfriend or wife the next time around as your brother. Like, you need to do fit. You know what's the right fit for you, and the right fit for USC is going to be different than the right fit for UCLA, even though they're the same city. So I think you can't worry about what that's going. The last time that like two good coaches got hired, the last time this happened. So uh, if it does happen, we'll see if it does again. Our buddy Chris in North Carolina, or maybe that's Northern California. I think he just says NC. I'm assuming North Carolina. Uh -huh. uh, it's a witty subject line. That's what he says. I like it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, very witty. Uh, esteemed host, good news. I finally passed the Khan Academy course in writing shorter emails. My apologies for the long Buddhist monastery-themed missive. Like the UCLA defense, it was a lot of style and motion intended to cover up an overall lack of substance. Never have I felt so small as when Ryan damned it with the faint praise of, that got better. <laughs> Horror of all horrors. It's apparently harder to be funny when UCLA wins. This is not something Bruin fans are familiar with. So, as we continue to roll our rocks up the hill, a few questions. After Chip Kelly is eventually let go, which Big 12 team will he take to the playoffs in 2027? Texas Tech. Well, I like it. Uh, number two, what are the odds Lane Kiffin would be interested in succeeding Kelly? He seems almost alone among professional coaches to do things solely for the memes. <laughs> would there be anything more meme-worthy than bolting the SEC a second time, running away from Saban, and taking a job at UCLA simply to spite USC, 
Would he hold his press conferences at the tarmac at LAX? I'm in favor. It would be hilarious. That would be awesome. Uh, hypothetical. If Colorado's offense was forced to play Georgia's defense for 60 minutes, who would win? Man. Every viewer. <laughs> every single viewer would, would win. We would all win. Everybody watching that game would win. Um, but the Georgia defense would score more points. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, That's no questions. So, all right. If it, I think was, he's saying if, like, if it was just literally Colorado's offense, they get every single drive. Every drive. And every time, like, Georgia just gives it right back to them and they start again on the 25. Yes. Georgia wins that game 42 to 10. <laughs> May, no, no, like, probably 42 nothing. Yeah, they're not scoring. Yeah. But, yeah. I uh, love it. Many thanks for your important work, Chris from NC. All right. Uh, this is uh, from Brent. Uh, hey, guys, can you rate the head coaches in game management? Wondering what you think of the chess match between Smith and Lake late in the game. A very optimistic Beaver fan. All right. So, the worst, I think, uh, Shaw, Cristobal. Just Shaw's got the the track record. Like, Shaw and Cristobal are both pretty bad. Cristobal's now gacked like two or three big games away um, with bad game management. Um, and then it's like varying degrees. Like certain yeah. guys can be bad. I think Jonathan Smith has a touch of conservative, but I thought he was. I thought he was doing maybe the best expected value play there, which is not allowing Washington another opportunity to um, score. So I think he's middle of the pack, maybe upper. Um, Jimmy Lake seems not great. Um, Where do you put Herm? Uh, middle, middle of the pack. Yeah, occasionally conservative, but middle of the. I pack. mean NFL conservative. Chip I think. Kelly for all the like, yes, he screws some things up, but he's still probably the best one on fourth down in the league um, in terms of just like knowing when to go. Um, Carl Durrell. Carl's bad, but it's again middle of the pack. I would say kind middle to bad. Yeah. I don't think anybody's really great. Whittingham. Um, Whittingham's okay. He's middle. It's like, is it conservative stuff? Pretty conservative, but like consistently so. He's not doing wild things. Um, I think Jed Fish might turn out to be pretty good. Um, he's a smart guy. And so I think he's going to actually, like, you know, but I think it's just a right now you can't judge it because they're terrible. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah. to judge terrible. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. This is from Hugh Janus. Is it me? Is it me or you? I don't know. Who did the last one? Oh. I don't know. I think it's me. Okay, you do it. Okay. True or false uh, from Hugh Janus. Hi, Ryan and Dave. It's your pal Hugh Janus here with a few true false questions for you fellas. Tough game to watch for us UCLA fans this past Saturday. I hope Dave's newfound belief in Chip Kelly has not been shaken. Uh, It's shaken. On to the questions. Michael Mothershed and his officiating crew are the absolute worst in the Pac-12. True, no question about it. True, true, true. Uh, Two, Chip Kelly will... And, like, legitimately, uh, George, if you're listening, um, that crew needs to be changed or heavily coached up. They've been awful, long-time awful, um, forever. So, there you go. Curious to get his thoughts on that uh, after the season, too. Chip Kelly will be coaching UCLA again next season. True. False. I go true. Uh, Oregon State will win the Pac-12 North this season. Mm. I'm going to go true. True. They beat Oregon last year. Yeah. Uh, four, you're both aware that all the Pac-12 schools have ice hockey teams and that ASU is the NCAA Division is, is NCAA Division One. False. False for sure. Uh, I know USA has like a club team or something. I have no but, idea. Yeah. Uh, five, the shitty start times of many Pac-12 games will not be fixed in any way until there's a new TV deal in place. The until screws me up because I don't think there will be uh, Even a, a fix to the shitty start times. So I'm going to put that as a, uh, a false. I got to give it a partial truth. I don't think you're going to see like the three 730 games or whatever, or two 730 games, an 8 p.m. game. Like I think 
they they got to spread around a little bit. I think they'll to an extent, to, but also that's the most valuable time slots for Pac-12 teams. Yeah, but I mean, they, I just don't like having three at once of like half the games like I guess, all at once. Yeah. I, I I think they'll try to fix that. Six. It's completely stupid that USC doesn't like to be called Southern Cal. Uh, I don't know if that's. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is this? This has two. There's an assumption in here, Hugh, which is that they don't like it. I think that's just a UCLA thing that USC doesn't like it. Maybe like somebody's friend didn't like being called Southern Cal, but I don't think they care. They have a thing in like the press release, like it's not Southern Cal, but no, like no one I know cares. Oh, the they, institution actually says that. They say that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Then true. This is completely stupid. It's stupid because, but I don't think anyone like. People, I don't think people care, but they do something that they say. They Why don't care. they do like Cal LA for UCLA? Uh, Cal LA. There okay. you go. But Southern Cal is like, if you're listening to someone in Alabama, like talk about like, yeah, you know, Southern Cal, like that people talk about Southern Cal. Like that's what everyone knew. As, the, the reason they do that is because there's already a USC that's older in the South. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why they call it Southern Cal. Yeah. I don't think that's it, but they didn't even know they existed like back there. Uh-huh. But yeah. the uh, South Carolina people, go Cox! How cool of a nickname. it's really good. It's so good. Uh, seven David Woods' creepy beard scares his children. False. And actually, when I trim it or shave it, they um, one time when I trimmed my beard, my then three year old said, "You look like a monkey." Nice. And not in like a positive way. She was into monkeys at the time, but she was still like, "You don't look good." Yeah. I would say false. The more you cover up his face, the better, I would yeah, say. Yeah, way better. Way, way, way better. Eight, Jasmine is the hottest Disney princess. No, false. Nala. Which one's Nala? She's the tiger or the lion or whatever in The Lion King. Okay. I'll just leave that there for uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, the first grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, killed more than 30 men on his own during the Civil War, a record for American generals. False? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 10, Jonathan Smith may be may just be the best coach in the Pac-12. True, and you can remove the all may. the equanimous, you know, the the you know pusillanimous language there. Pusillanimous he just is, language. He just is the best coach in the Pac-12. Instead of saying remove may, just say pusillanimous language. Cowardly crap. Okay, thanks for always for your humor, incredible insight, and riveting discussion of all things Pac-12. Go Bruins! FSC love Hugh Janus. Uh, this is from Dev Knoll. Welcome to the farm, Dave. Last week, Dave astutely chose Stanford to cover the spread. What he said was something like, something weird always happens late in games that keeps Stanford in it. But if you really listen to what he's saying, he's saying, behold the pow- prowess of the team that felled the mighty Clay Helton-led Trojans and kept it close for a while with a sometimes dominant UCLA Bruins team. Thank you, Dave, for seeing the light. Ryan, I understand if you want to continue calling Stanford butt, but you are welcome to join Dave and me on the other side anytime you like. Thanks to the podcast, guys. Your pal, Del- Dev Null. Thanks, Dev. Uh, did I pick? I didn't know. I picked ASU this week. I didn't even pick Stanford. I again. know. Sorry. Um, no, I think the whole conference is butt. So you're never going to go back. Even if Stanford wins this league, you're just still going to be like, oh, no, Stanford sucks. Uh, I don't think Stanford sucks. They're they're definitely better than I thought. Um, the see. league and and. They're a subset of this. The Ryan's league. Ryan's contention is that the league has uh, fallen down to meet them in the land of ass. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. And would you disagree with that? Yeah, I don't think Stanford's butt. No, I, I don't think they're butt I anymore. Think they're fine. Yeah, they're 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 a fine team. They're yep. a decent team, which may be the best team in the Pac-12 because they're yep. a decent team. Yep. 
Uh, Bruins and Wildcats from Bobby. Hi, Ryan and Dave. I have a couple things to go over here. One, uh, I was going to give Dave a hard time for the Bruins losing to the Devils this weekend, but I realized that Dave is an expert at self-flagellation has already done much more damage to himself than I could have ever done. True. Yeah. Is this a true-false? I don't think it is, but yeah. we'll just do that. Uh, two, Arizona. Uh, you, Arizona, do they really want to be called that, is planning a whiteout this weekend. What I think is funny about this is that they wore white in both of their home games thus far and are wearing blue to their whiteout. Go figure. I didn't know that for that other part. Neither did I. That does make no sense, but it's Arizona football, so here we are. Three, can you please, 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 please play COVID cancels soundbite when, if, <laughs> Rolovich gets fired. Thanks, guys, Bobby. I already deleted it off the board because I don't want to do it anymore, but we could do one for you. Yeah. Uh, good stuff there. Thanks, Bobby. COVID canceled. Uh, yep. All right. Just make sure you record that later on. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen, but you just do it again. Just splice it out. Yeah. That just, yeah. Little fuckers. <laughs> All right, uh, question for Pod. What needs to happen in the next two weeks so zero Pac-12 teams are ranked? Ooh. Okay, so who's ranked right now? Uh, ASU? Is that it? Is no, Oregon still Oregon's ranked? eight and ASU's 22. Oh, okay. So next I mean, week, who does Oregon have next week? Oh, yeah. Losing to Cal at home will be more than enough, I think, to drop Oregon out of the rankings. And then Arizona State, you know, can't yeah, be lose by Stanford. To Stanford. The problem is Stanford will get ranked at that point. Yeah, but Cal won't be ranked. Stanford could be ranked, but then Stanford would need to lose to Wazoo, and if Stanford loses to Wazoo, that's ball game. Yeah. So there, I mean, plenty of scenarios. Yeah, I think there's some. There's definitely some live scenarios. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody would be ranked after that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we got substitutions from Hithloday. He was. I was. That's not in Latin. Hithloday. No. What happened? There was a, another text message in Latin. Duck shit. Yeah. So it's sad. We'll just, Hithliday must be feeling maybe not quite right. Maybe not. Uh, I was reassured last week that you defended publisher's privilege for um, unsubstantiated revanchism as long as not too many people hear it, as the same thing is the premise of the product. But during the long explanation on journalism at 24-7, I had time to wonder if Kilior and Chris Osgood might like to sub in for you boys next week. You could really take that long-deserved vacation. Chris Osgood, where's he? He works for Bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does the like um, the detailed play breakdowns and stuff. Nice. It's very so, good. So he would want Keely and Chris as opposed to I think to he's us. saying that we're not very good, which I agree with. Um, and if somebody else would take this um, burden from me, I would uh, be very pleased to relinquish it. He doesn't seem to like us. He loves us. Well, he sends us an email every. I think he week. loves us, but I don't think he likes us. Like, you yeah, know, it's sort of like the way you feel about like a um, like a disturbing family member. Yeah, like you don't want to be around them, but like you still have a lot of care in your heart for them. Mm. I think that's the way Hitlerday feels. Maybe about it is. Us. Yeah, that's the way I feel about Hitlerday. Yeah. <laughs> for the last two seasons, Oregon has been using a planned rotation for almost every position at the offensive line. It's not situational or injury-based or experimenting to find better play, but rather every drive or every other drive, they swap in a different configuration, switching guys on and off the bench from the left to the right or between guard and tackle. It was six guys in 2020, but they've gotten up to eight different linemen in their regular rotation during this season. 
this kind of extensive planned rotation, positional cross-training is either great, uh, crazy or genius. I'm not sure which. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. Have you? So this is interesting because UCLA has been doing not to that extent, but they've been rotating offensive linemen regularly without injury a lot more than I was ever used to. Because my understanding for the longest time, like in the early 2000s, like when I was first like really following it, football in any real way, you played the same five guys. And and until there was an injury, you played the same five guys and they played their exact same position no matter what the whole time. And with Chip Kelly at UCLA, I've noticed like there's a lot of guard rotation and then there's even some center rotation, which seems crazy to me um, to want yeah, to rotate you your don't centers want it, yeah. because they're the ones who are like kind of calling the blocking schemes and figuring out, you know, what's going to happen up front. Um, and they get your quarterback the ball every single play. Right. You kind of right. want the same you want consistency. That. Um, so it, I've noticed it a little bit with UCLA, but not to the extent Oregon has. Are you, sh- I guess the question is, are you sure it's not situational? Because with UCLA, there's uh, some element of situational. I don't think it's entirely. I think they do just kind of rotate. Um, but Antonio Maffi will often be in there on um, more profound like running series. Um, but I don't know if it's – I think it's still pretty just regular rotations. Uh, but, yeah, I've noticed it a little bit more um, from, from several teams. But uh, UCLA is the obvious example that I know of where they're doing more offensive line rotation. But it sounds like whatever Oregon's doing is much more extensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen a little from USC. They were doing that early on where they had like a kind of a – sixth and seventh guy they wanted to work in there in some series but so maybe it's something that's happening a little bit more but that's it seems like a lot from what Oregon's doing which I haven't seen much of all right this is a what is most likely Pac-12 North edition rank these from most to least likely to happen all right you ready uh no but sure all right number one the Beavers win nine plus games and Jonathan Smith wins coach of the year two the Ducks win the national championship Three, Washington State wins the Apple Cup, making them bowl eligible and keeping UW out of bowl games. Okay, so a situation where they are six wins and UW is at five. Four, Stanford doesn't win another game this year. Five, Cal beats Stanford. All right, so lowest on this totem, I think, is Stanford doesn't win another game this year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're going to win another game. Um, Second lowest, I think, is uh, Oregon wins the national championship. Fair, yep. Um, third lowest, I would say is Wazoo wins the Apple Cup, making them bowl eligible uh, and keeping UW out of bowl yeah, games. Yeah, that's just a lot. because it's that's got a, a lot, lot going on. In sure, it. I would say yes. Uh, second is Cal beat Stanford, and top is uh, most likely is Beavers win nine plus games and Jonathan Smith wins Coach of the Year. I think that works. Okay. I like that. I like the way they rank. There. I think I would pick Oregon State to win nine plus games at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, we'll see how they do this week, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So Oregon state, just a quick, quick glance ahead at their future schedule. Washington state this week, we both pick them to win Utah at home. I think they win that at Cal really good chance to win that at Colorado. Good chance to win that. They could go four and oh, the next four weeks. And then yes, it's Stanford, ASU and Oregon, but nine wins seems. Yeah. I think it's, uh, really possible. Um, last one's a voicemail we just got. I loaded it up here and we'll play it for you. Hey, what's up guys? It's Perk. Um, I was wondering, you know, with the, the past, um, kind of past few months for Utah football, the two deaths that they've had and then kind of the, the rough season last year and this year, I was wondering, do you guys think with all that going on, it, it might be, uh, the end of Kyle Whittingham's time there? I'm not saying he should be fired, nor am I rooting for his time then. I was just wondering, it seems like it's a lot of coaches that have a lot of, 
um, kind of just negative events that happen like that or tough tough things to deal with, that that's kind of what accelerates the end of their their tenure. And I was wondering if you guys could see that happening um, with Kyle Whittingham. Thanks, guys. I don't know if it would be related to this, frankly. Um, I, I've heard for a while from people who like are close to the Utah program that they're not expecting him to be there too much longer um, yeah. and probably just retire at that point. Um, I don't know if it would be related to this. I could see for certain guys, maybe, but I think also for other coaching types, they might see that as like, oh, I need to be around longer. And, you know, because I think some of these guys, and I think Whittingham's probably one of them, um, see themselves as sort of a paternal figure for a lot of these people on their team, a lot of the players on their team. And I think in that sort of situation where the team's in a little bit of crisis, um, it could kind of spark that a little bit more like, oh, okay, well, I need to, you know, I need to help be here and, and stabilize things and, you know, that sort of role. Um, and it kind of depends on the mentality and I don't know Whittingham that well, but from everything I've read about him, that might be more of what's the, if this affected that decision-making at all, it might affect it that way. Um, but I've heard, uh, for a while now that he's not expected to be there. I don't know, more than three or four years down the road. Yeah, this is, um, and he did come out and say, uh, no one's going to wear number 22 for as long as he's the coach there. It doesn't sound like someone that's only going to be the coach there for another half a year. I've heard the same sort of thing. Maybe something like this even wants, makes him want to stay around longer. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's going to come to an end at some point, you know, um, but when will it end? Uh, it's just hard to say right now. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to uh, wrap things up. Anything else, Dave? I've got nothing else for you. I'm spent. Yeah, me too. Uh, I got to go deliver some meals. You got to go deliver some meals on? On some wheels. On some wheels. Uh, but thanks for everyone for listening to our crappy little show. That is David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.